and welcome to the Guarantee Podcast. The Guarantee Podcast is an initiative of Campus Gegenwart, the Centre for the Contemporary at the University of Music and the Performing Arts in Stuttgart. Each week, we collect ideas, thoughts and reflections on our current moment, looking at music, design and the performing and visual arts through an interdisciplinary lens. My name is Jennifer Walsh. I'm Professor of Experimental Performance and help direct Campus Gegenwart. This week, I'll be talking with Andrew Darzins, Jana Luxts, and Thomas Schaefer about the challenges of teaching, practicing and directing music festivals during a global pandemic. My first guest is violist Andra Darzins. Born in Australia, but now living in Stuttgart, Andra has played viola with many of the top orchestras in the world. And she's currently Professor of Viola here at the university. Andra, how have you been dealing with the last couple of months and all the changes? You said that one of the things that you've been up to is a lot of gardening. Absolutely. Well, firstly, um, I must say, uh, I realise how immensely privileged I am because despite um, being an artist and and, um, making my living through something as wonderful as music, um, I haven't, you know, faced these terrible, you know, financial threats or or um, were angst, you know, about uh, my own existence as a lot of freelance musicians um, have. So basically, I must say that I've really extremely enjoyed the last few months. Um, and I mean, I really must say in, in humility, I really realize how privileged I am and how terrible that must sound to other people who are suffering immensely in this crisis. Um, I also, I mean, I have two children who are also, well, basically grown-ups now, so I don't have the problems that a lot of, you know, young families have, and I really empathise a lot with them, sympathise a lot with these young families. Of course, I've also been trying to keep up some sort of artistic standard on the viola also, you know, to keep myself, well, basically interesting for concerts in the future and also for my my students. And... um, what I think is a really interesting thing, which I think uh, has has shows up very clearly in this time, is uh, whether a motivation is intrinsic or extrinsic. And I think um, that's also something you see with students because usually we all have some sort of pressure which we have to deal with. You know, I've had concerts which have been cancelled, obviously, also in this time. I mean, I, I do like quite a lot of playing as principal viola in various orchestras like Tornhalle uh, Zürich and they just cancelled it, obviously. And um, now I don't have that sort of pressure. And it's sort of interesting to, to have to, you know, get myself motivated intrinsically. And um, I think that's actually really, really interesting. And... Um, yeah, of course, this time has been interesting, and I think it's a great privilege to, to sort of um, basically get out of the, in German, Hamsterrad, or, well, in, in English, I guess, the rat race, just have time to think about priorities, both artistical priorities, but also um, just life priorities. And I'm sure that a lot of people have made that sort of same experience. And... Um, yeah, I, I would say that I've um, certainly more have benefited from this crisis in the last months than not. But I really want to say, I mean, I have to relativize that and just say I know that I'm, I'm in a very lucky position not to have these, um, you know, worries about my future. 
what when it comes to your students because you're having to manage your viola your viola studio online or are you doing it mixed in the building how has that been having to make that switch as a teacher oh that's been very interesting um i must say that this online teaching works quite well surprisingly well i thought um the thing is it works i think very well with people who won already knows because one sort of established a, a style of working and and um, yeah with a number of students it's been very very good um, maybe even more beneficial in some ways for advanced students because I don't interrupt them when they play we, we think you know I mean with one student who's studying masters we did a whole Bach solo sonata and uh, our regular solo suite in like you know and, and Hofmeister Concerto we've been working on that and um, Everything seemed to, yeah, he seemed to progress so quickly. And another student also really seemed to learn a lot of repertoire. And um, I guess in a way, yeah, they, I let little sort of things, uh, little slips by, which maybe in a normal lesson, you know, I would pick up. But the, the positive side of that is that they just basically have a uh, more chance to perform their repertoire. And I think for a lot of them, it was like a sort of a motivation, like a sort of a little concert to have the lesson online and um, now I'm actually teaching in the Hochschule and online so I'm doing both things re, you know what, what fits better for which student and uh, well just this morning I had a little online lesson with a student from New Zealand um, who wants to maybe come and study with me so um, yes it's actually been quite a revelation for me that this online uh, teaching process works quite well for some performers uh, the teaching online has been something that they've struggled with. So it's really positive to hear that there's pluses to it, you know, as well. And it's it's very interesting what you're saying about how you would normally interrupt the student to correct a little slip, whereas you're more patient or more, I don't know, maybe it's just the situation allows you to give them more space to play. Maybe I'm even just as impatient as I always was, but I, I sort of am forced to be more structured and so we decide at the beginning that the student plays the, the movement once through and then I, you know, write and give some comments and then we go back and play from, say, let's say the whole exposition or they'll go to the development or something. And it's, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just forced to be more structured. And, um, I mean, I know, of course, like dynamic is quite difficult to hear. I mean, because everything sort of seems to the automatically is um, put to be sort of a middle type of dynamic. So whether someone's playing forte or piano, um, I think you can't really hear it, but interestingly enough, you can actually see it because you see the intention of the performer and also one can see whether the vibrato is more more intense or, you know, they're moving more bow or whether they're moving around more or, yeah, I mean, somehow I can hear the dynamic even though the, um, maybe the audio quality is not, not really all that excellent often. Um, yeah, no, it's been a revelation, I think, for, I mean, of course, for long-term uh, teaching it would be very frustrating but for on the short term I think it's been an interesting experience for both me and my students. That's that's really fascinating to hear especially about being able to see the dynamics you know and pay attention through video to the body of the of the, the of the performer as well giving you information. Something which is more your specialty but but I think it's really interesting because I just see whether they're playing softly and the expression is somehow different so yeah interesting more up your road. So in terms of your students, like, has this made you rethink how they'll move into the world as musicians? Because I know a lot of these musicians 
that you would be studying with you would be hoping for jobs as performers and perhaps hoping to audition for an orchestra and certainly in London where I'm based at the moment there's concerns that some of the orchestras may not survive the next the next few years you know with the with the coming recession so is there any sort of change in the way these students are thinking about their careers or has it more or less been business as actually at the moment I'm still very optimistic and I think that the world will cope with this crisis. And I think in this crisis that um, it is actually clear that we do need culture and we do need art. I think my students still are, are following their plans that they have had until now, which is just to become absolute excellent musicians and then to get a job in a, in a very good orchestra. And I think I also have a student now at the Academy in Zabrücken in the radio. I, I really do believe that they will survive this crisis. So um, my students haven't radically changed their plans. Um, let's put it this way, as far as I know. Let's see how long this crisis um, goes on for. But um, yeah. And that was Andra playing Rebecca Clark's Morpheus, accompanied by Ventus Zilberts on piano. After talking with Andra about the pros and cons of teaching online, I was curious to hear the perspective of a student dealing with the abrupt switch to online teaching. So I spoke with Jana Luxts. Jana is a Canadian-born pianist and student of the MA in New Music at the university. And Diana has been trapped in New York for the last few months, unable to get back to Stuttgart. Diana, I'm very happy to talk to you. Can you tell us a little bit about how you ended up in New York at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. Well, even right now, I'm not sure if you can hear, there's a very large garbage truck going by, making a lot of noise. Um, So originally, I mean, I had gone to Canada for concerts in February, And I was there in February and March uh, for a couple of concerts. And then um, I was going to return to Stuttgart on March 20th. And this is when everything was very bad in Germany. And we were seeing all the news, you know, like things are really going downhill in Germany. Nothing had really happened yet in North America. And uh, in any case, I took the opportunity to go to New York, um, where my partner lives. And he's a brilliant composer. So it was a good opportunity to kind of, you know, keep working and not in a situation staying with family, etc. And then everything happened in New York, the lockdown happened, and I've been trapped ever since. (laughs) So how does it feel, because New York isn't a city that you're from, but it's a city that you're familiar with, and it's a city that you visit a lot. How does it feel to have had this extended period of time in a city that is sort of your home, but also not quite your home? Yeah. Absolutely. No, it's been good. Um, I've been lucky enough to spend lots of lots of extended time in New York. So I do. It is funny. It's never been my permanent address, but uh, this certainly isn't the longest stretch of time I've been. I've been in New York, so it's been really nice for me always to come here. Um, but it's been interesting this time because you're not going out. I've just been in the apartment the entire time. So you could be anywhere 
really is how it's been feeling. Yeah. So, and even in that first month, just going to the grocery store once was just like the social event of the year, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you said um, that you've taken a semester Erlaub. So how did you make yeah. that decision? When did you make it? Mm. So I made it very late, like very far after the semester actually started. So I took an Urlaub, um, I guess, at the start of May or mid-May even. Um, and I just took it after. I mean, I am there doing Neumusik Clavier. And so for me, it's so important to have these in-person lessons with Nick. And um, we had a lot of discussions about Skype lessons and they weren't really preferred by either party. So uh, for me, I'm not in a rush to finish my degree and I'm more than happy to spend more time in Stuttgart. So we just took an Orlaub semester. Yeah. So when do you think is the first time you'll be back? It won't be till October, I'm presuming at this at this rate. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's a couple of things. I, I mean, I'm still, you know, paying for my apartment there. And I think this is a, you know, a situation lots of people are in. We're paying for our health insurance there and our apartment there and our gym fee there and aren't there. Um, and I also love my, my living situation in Stuttgart. So I am eager in some ways to go back. Um, but I also have a couple of uh, musical projects that I need, you know, where people in Germany are already starting to work on things. Um, and so for me, I am eager to get back into some rehearsals and don't want to leave some projects for too long. Um, so, but at the same time, I need an instrument to practice on. And the Hochschule is not going to open uh, those facilities until probably August, they're saying. So for me, I'll come probably at the latest, August 1st, September 1st. Yeah, we'll see. What, what during this experience, it's been there's been things that have been positive for many musicians. A lot of the musicians I've talked to are really relieved not to be traveling as, as much as they normally travel. Do you know? So has there been things like that for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, traveling is a big one for me as well. I mean, I'm a student, of course, and but also, I mean, I've been lucky to have uh, many concerts that I've had to travel to in the past, you know, couple of years. And also, you know, being from a different country as well, there's travel that comes with that. And um, in any case, I've been very thankful, actually, to stay in one place for an extended period of time. And I mean, in terms of being a musician, I, I've spoken with some friends, like I've been so, I was so relieved in March when March and April were months that I didn't know how I was, how I was going to do. You know, they were going to be months of just not sleeping, <laughs> of very, you know, some a few high stakes things. Like I had a, a big addition I was preparing for that I already felt like I was behind in preparing for. And, you know, it was kind of just we hit the pause button and it gave me a really good opportunity to just, you know, back out of things that or think about uh, you know, how I should structure what I commit to in the future. Um, so there is that. And then also the opportunity to, to just like work on, on what we want to work on. That has also been very exciting. Um, and you know, the first month I did nothing at all and that was great too. <laughs> yeah. Are you, what's your feeling? Cause you know, you're a young musician, you're doing your masters, you're establishing your career. How, how do you feel about what the next year or two is going to be like? Is that a concern or are you just going to take it as it comes? What are your thoughts? 
Um, I mean, it's definitely been a little bit up and down for me just in terms of like, oh, I'm not worried. And then I'm like, wait a second, maybe I'm really worried about this. But I think one interesting thing is um, our field is as contemporary music musicians. Um, I'm for you, you're actually at a bit more of a cross sections. But for us who are, say, uh, doing with with piano at least doing this very uh, especially at this time this very you know contemporary like strict contemporary new music um, this has always been a field that you know has been complicated this has always been a field that is really difficult to get numbers at at concerts this has always been a field that you know you feel like you're explaining like oh yeah I'm doing this because and people are like uh-huh like this has already been a field that has been outside of entertainment um and long been a field that people are okay with leaving in an academic sphere um you know like the famous Milton Babbitt composer is specialist article um but in any case so I think in many ways moving forward I've found is not I think for contemporary music will probably not be a field that's heavily affected if you're in a more commercial music field say if you're in opera like that's a field that i think is going to just drastically change or other large-scale classical music but with contemporary music with already low audience numbers with already it being very experimental i i don't think it's i don't think it's going anywhere um sure many things will change and i actually think for the good like i think it will bring a lot of people who have been stuck in kind of a more like oh no contemporary music really needs to be traded the same way classical music is i think it will bring those people into a much more uh, forward-thinking space. That's a, that's a very nice, hopeful way of looking at it. Um, so I've, I've just one question left before we stop. Yeah. Um, and you've answered it a little bit, but just in case there's anything else you want to add. Um, I always say when I'm teaching with my students, when students are developing work, I say, what do you want to leave on the floor and what do you want to put in the back? So from this mm-hmm. experience of the last three months, what what do you want to of the old life the pre-corona life what do you want to leave behind and what new ways of thinking or structuring do you want to do you want to think about as you move ahead Mm -hmm. um in terms of leaving behind I think it was something I already wanted to leave behind but it was very difficult to um I would like to leave behind um Concerts that we're not able to realize to their best, how do I say it? We're not able to bring to fruition to the best of what we had hoped. Um, So, for example, concerts that end up being, you know, we add this piece because we need it for this reason. We add this piece because we need it for this reason. And it becomes kind of this mixed bag and you do the concert and no one really feels that great about it. And you go home and you do the next one. Um, That's what I would like to leave behind. And I just, the more I think about it, the more I really want this, you know, quantity over quality or quality over quantity, you know, that every concert that we do is you know, each piece is on it because of this reason. It has this concept. We want to do this. We want to work with these people and just everyone who's involved, making sure that we can elevate them to, you know, the highest possible place. That's what I would like to both bring to the table and leave behind, if that makes sense. Just putting a lot more thought 
um, into work instead of being like, okay, we'll add this piece. We'll, you know, we'll do this. Ah, we can't really get, you know, this sound system. We'll have to use this one. And of course it's important to still be flexible, but just, um, keeping in mind that if we make a quality product, it benefits everybody around us so much more. Yeah. I think that's a, a really important thing to think about because also over the next few years, um, to ask people to sit in a room and give us their time and, and even have that sense of risk, you, you know, of coming yeah. to sit in a room, like a, assembly will be a beautiful privilege, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so I think we want to feel we've really, we've really are really committed and really in love with, with the music that we're playing in those situations. Cause otherwise why ask these people to put on masks and have to come on public transport and risk sitting next to complete strangers, you know, otherwise. So, I think it's a really interesting point, you know, very important to, to think about. I would like to add just on the very last point, actually, just when you're saying about this, you know, this privilege of assembly and stuff as well. Um, this whole idea of kind of this quality and making sure you impact everyone who's there as best as possible. I feel like it was coming from a place beforehand of working with composers and how, especially with composers, a big thing for me is always trying to make sure that these composer-performer relationships are as a two-way street as possible, you know? And I guess I just feel like I see, especially for composers, you know, um, a lot of these concerts that I mentioned where we're adding this, we're adding that, it's maybe not what we wanted it to be. I feel like the people who always get the, the least out of that is the composers who sometimes get mistreated in the situation or, you know, you're like, oh, well, this part is too hard, so we can't do this. Moving forward for me is also, you know, yeah, I can foster good relationships with composers, but I want to make sure everyone in concert situations feels feels the same way. Like, like so going down to even who you're collaborating with, you know, and and you know sometimes you have grant money, and just people being more responsible with grant money, um, especially in a situation like in Germany where sometimes it's quite easy to get, and people can end up throwing it at. Um, things just because it's easy to get. There's sometimes less, you know, regard perhaps for, for the funds behind it. Um, and then now I hadn't thought about the privilege of assembly part that you mentioned. And that's just putting like another one on there. Like really, it's going to be such a privilege to, for all of us to be around each other eventually. The delicate sound of Jana performing Sessi's Zegliasis for Fender Rhodes piano. While Jana is coping with the difficulties of being unable to access a grand piano to practice on, 
Festival directors all over the world have been dealing with their own challenge. To cancel or not to cancel. My final guest today is Thomas Schaefer, the director of the Internationales Musikinstitut Darmstadt. This year's summer courses were scheduled to take place in the last two weeks of July and have been postponed until 2021. I spoke with Thomas about what it means to cancel a festival which is a central part of the new music scene. Thanks very much for agreeing to, to, to chat. So maybe we could start by, you could explain a little bit about, because I do understand that this is the first time ever that Darmstadt, the courses were canceled. Um, is that correct or is- uh, That's correct at, uh, well, I mean, it was canceled and for this special reason, of course, this is the first time. There was, um, a year when the summer course should have happened um, in uh, 1969, uh, 1970, sorry, um, and 1971. And uh, due to the political situation end of the 60s, um, this um, summer course was um, changing from um, taking part every year into every second year. So this was um, this was a special turn from 1970 to 1972 and from 72 on, um, the summer course is biannual. So this was, this was something, um, yeah, special happening to, um, due to the political situation because people were asking, also the summer course participants were asking for more, uh, participation, uh, for more, um, you know, transparency in terms of um, who is invited, why, which is, who is doing the program and stuff. So this was post-68 um, uh, situation, but uh, obviously now we are in, the, in, the, in a different situation and it's, it's, it's true, it's the first time ever um, the summer course has been canceled or as we say now postponed um, from 2020 to 21. And um, I mean, at some, we were talking about that before, and, and, and I mean, we are happy that we could have saved the whole um, edition, um, nearly the whole edition. We had to, we have, of course, have minor changes, but um, basically, we we were able to to secure everything: the festival program, the academy program, our artistic team, and stuff. So, at one point, we are quite happy. On the other hand, of course, you know, it's um, it's a completely disaster for our plans, for our budget situation, for, uh, of course, for the artists, because, um, you know, everybody was planning the summertime, everybody was planning concerts and stuff. And so since everything is canceled, um, well, we have this kind of uh, uh, crisis situation right now. I'm, I'm curious. So, cause I know with Darmstadt, since I've been, since I've been teaching there again under under yourself since 2012, one of the things that's been interesting has been every time I'm there, things are changing. You know, you guys are always trying new things out and seeing what could work better, what could change. And you're always listening to the students and trying to respond to it. So I'm curious about the... I know there's the there's the the uh, the Darmstadt in our heads that should have existed, you know, here in 2020. And many of those yeah. projects, you need to honor them and you need to make sure that those composers and ensembles who worked on these projects get those projects done. 
but do you anticipate there being like an extra layer or something different as well on top you know because we, we when we all meet again hopefully in 2021 it'll be a quite different different world at that point absolutely um we we were talking about that um quite uh, often because um what we planned for 2020 was, of course, uh, ours, our imagination of, of a festival and an academy and of a topic we were working on for, very, for this very year, you know. And I'm completely, um, I completely agree with you that the festival that we planned in 20 is, com is something different in 2021 because of our experience of, of this uh, very special time right now. And I think... Um, um, we all have to discuss this. We all, and I mean, this is an ongoing discussion now and tomorrow and next week and next month. But in summer 2021, of course, I think we had to, uh, we, are in, um, um, we are in a situation where we need to, um, yeah, rethink um, this springtime, summertime 2020. Um, and I don't know, you know, where I don't know where we will end up uh, in terms of um, programming, in terms of traveling, in terms of um, uh, curating a festival like that, which is uh, supposed to be very international with uh, uh, 450 people from more than 50 nations uh, coming to Darmstadt for two weeks. Um, I think this all, it will not, I mean, I think, I hope it will not change our commitment to to this kind of um, community that we are working on um, uh, for 14 or 16 days in, in, in Darmstadt at, in summertime. But uh, I think um, this time, this crisis will change our working and thinking about um, working together, about making music, about uh, coming together. And when we, are, when we were in the position in, in March um, or April, uh, yeah, mid of March, we were starting to think of canceling or postponing um, the 2020 edition. Um, it was a very, uh, one, one point was very important for us that we were saying Darmstadt is something um, where people come together and work together. So we were also, of course, thinking of digital formats and, and changing, you know, this kind of um, festival and, and academy program we were uh, planning so far, but at the end um, we were saying, you know, it's um, for for us. It's a, it's it's super important that people, you know, really come physically together and and work together. So this was not um, an easy dis decision to make, but um, at uh, at the end it was very clear that we were saying um, it doesn't make sense for us to to have just 30% of our program realized in, in a virtual um, reality. It's, it's interesting because I know that, you know, many music festivals for classical music, at least, people will say the main thing is you get to see the performance. You know, but with Darmstadt, it's it's more than that. It's that you have the performance, but maybe you didn't like the performance. But in the bar afterwards, you have this conversation with somebody else and you both had a similar reaction and you decide to start an ensemble together and 
you know, and, and, and sort of new forms of art are made as a result of that. And I think it's interesting because that's very clear that you guys have that as part of the picture. It's not just the concerts, it's the conversations and the relationships and the work that happens in the room as people spend time together. Exactly. I think this is this is so um so I mean we were all we are all always talking about the festival program, but you know, for us the academy program is of course I I I don't don't want to say it's more important, but you know it's it's something that's um um you need both and you need and I think one is discussing the other and and vice versa. So um, I, I think Darmstadt will not work without the festival program, but uh, of course it will not work without the um, uh, academy program. So w we were working very much, uh, very hard in the last years to um, to get a closer, to get a better picture of the of what 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 do we want to aim with the academy. So. Um, um, and you are right. I think it's um, it's about um, talking about music, ma uh, making music, and also um, you know to to start maybe a dialogue which comes from Darmstadt and goes back to Darmstadt two years later. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm curious because you said that for you since March you've been at home far more than you you normally would be. You know, like yeah. most musicians I know. And is there something that you're going to do you do you see the way that you're living your life or the way that you're working do you see that changing as a result of that time of, of having this abrupt stop uh to travel and things like that is there anything you'll change going forward um i think of course um this cr this situation will change us um at some point you know um i mean i have never had uh, so much time with my family the last uh Years, so this is uh, this is the the private lives are changing, but obviously I think also the um, the working lives, as I say. So um, how this uh, I I don't I'm not in in I I really can't um, um, yeah it's too close so far. I I know I I don't know how will how this will change my kind of working or my my attitude against uh, uh, my attitudes towards um curating uh, or you know whatever it's it's i it's it's too close to answer this probably actually um i'm i'm curious because i know I, I read an article in the new york times it was an interview with a choreographer and she said i predict that we're going to have lots of solo dance pieces um you know that it's like a person alone in their apartment and as I read this, I thought to myself, I predict that we might have lots of solo pieces where there's a video screen um, and the yeah. performer is playing and then looking at the video screen. So I start to think about those things, you know, and I even start to think about there being certain pieces that um, might be easier to curate. Like, I can't remember which number it is, the Haas string quartet, where the four members of the Arditi sit in the each corner of the room. So it's like a perfect social distancing piece. So uh, I'm, I'm curious, I don't know if it's too close. Like, do you have any thoughts about what the future might bring? You know, and it's like, don't worry, I will edit this much, much more neatly, <laughs> you know. Yeah, okay. um, but uh, no, I'm just curious, do you do you guys think on those sort of terms, like aesthetically or or just even organizationally or does it just it's just too close? 
Um, at at one point, it's too close because I mean, when we when we go back to uh, uh, let's say four weeks ago, and everybody was or six weeks ago, and everybody was kind of enthusiastic about um, uh, you know Zoom concerts and stuff, and you know a new a new uh, virtual room was opened, and you know you had at, at at from one minute to the other you have an audience which is I don't know sitting in New Zealand and 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 whatever you know. Um, this was all possible, and I think also this experience is changing our thinking about um, about uh, this kind of um, virtual reality in 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 in, um, in making music. So uh, I'm not I'm not um, yeah I'm not the the biggest fan of this kind of um, presenting music, making music, and uh, but obviously it's something we have to think of in the future, not only ar artistic-wise, but also in terms of curating, in, in terms of, um, yeah, um, you know, before um, Corona, um, uh, because before the Corona uh, crisis started, we had the, the huge discussion about climate change, yeah? And so I think um, maybe these two things might match at some point and we think about some aspects of our work and our lives um, differently after, after some time, you know. And um, what we should, I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't look into next, uh, into summer 2021, but when we are, when we are uh, together, hopefully together at, uh, in Darmstadt again, I think we should discuss this, uh, this uh, results of, um, of, um, of the crisis right now. And, uh, and, and we are now in May uh, 2020 or in June, sorry, it's, it's, um, it's, already, it's already June, but um I think when we talk again in, in, in August or September, uh, we have a completely different view on this again. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's interesting because I think there's festivals that where you, you do plan a festival once every two years and then all of a sudden it jumps a year. It feels like such a huge object to move. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's hard to know what that object will look like, you know, now because it's it's this huge. It's not just a, a concert series or a venue that's closing for a few months. It's it's this huge object that, that is sort of all of a sudden shifts a place from from next month yeah. to to 13 months from now. Yeah, you're right. And I think um, uh, what you were saying before, you know, this uh, this extra layer um we cannot calculate right now uh, that we cannot plan right now, but I think it it will be there, and it needs to be discussed in in some ways. Uh, or is it artistic wise, or is it um, in a in a yeah in a theoretical way, or is it both, or is it whatever it is? I think we need to we need to integrate this um, and not you know uh, close this festival edition that we have right now and just you know try to realize this in 21, you know, the situation will be different. And I think um, uh, our topic was so open in terms of, um, um, yeah, seeing this uh, as a process. And, um, and I hope that next year's program will still be, you know, fresh and, uh, and um, still there's something we have to add on this um, experience.
G. And that was a clip from Natasha Deals's The Colours Don't Match, performed by the Tack Ensemble. Natasha Deals was due to be one of the featured composers at Darmstadt this year, but unfortunately, we'll have to wait until August 2021 to hear what she has planned. That's all from the Guarantee podcast for this week. Thanks very much to Andrew Darzins, Jana Luxts, and Thomas Schaefer for speaking with me. If you'd like to find out more about this week's guests or the activities of Campus Gegenwart, please check out our website at www.campusgegenwart.de. Until next week, stay safe and thanks for listening. <laughs>